Come on, let's clap and thank God today. Come on, Fresh Life. Amen. And amen. You can be seated today. It is great to be back at Fresh Life. I hope that you are feeling good today. Hope that you are uh, having a great summer and that you are uh, enjoying uh, the sunshine. It is an important part of the year where we, this is, we get healing from the winter right now. And so take advantage of it. And um, we hope that you're well, whatever location uh, that you're in. Uh, before I preach, I just want to thank God. By the way, Pastor Levi, his outfit today, that's a strong outfit. You know, right in the middle of summer, just, just hitting us with a strong outfit. But it's, it's like the jawline, the, the, the whole thing is just, it's out of control here in, in Montana. But we love these guys. We cannot say enough good things about them. And uh, it, I'm a little bit embarrassed to be sharing out of my book because he is the author of authors. And uh, we just love and appreciate them so much. And the Bible says that if you love your pastors, to buy them Starbucks gift cards. And so, I'm kidding. Um, but it says to give honor where honor is due. And like the rent is due, I think the honor is due. Let's just take a moment before we go any further and let's clap and thank God for our pastors today. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, go in your Bible to Philippians chapter number four. It is great to be back in... Uh, in Montana, it's great to be back at Fresh Life. I'm excited about this message. I'm excited about the summer reading series. I think it's one of the coolest things out of all of our friends in the ministry. I think this is one of the coolest things that a church does is goes through a number of books. And if you are new, I know Pastor Levi acknowledged everybody that's new. Some people show up in July and then they just like stay. The person hosting me while I'm here is Cole. He told me he showed up in July years ago. So shout out to all the Coles that are going to be staying and have come for the first time today. The spirit of coal is here today. All right. I want to talk today around the idea of the power of prayer. And I love the title of this book. It's a, it's a play on this verse that we're going to read. Worried about everything because I pray about nothing. And really, God wants you to do the opposite. He, does, he doesn't want you to worry about anything. And the reason why you're not worried about anything is because you are praying about everything. I am only concerned about the things that I am currently not praying about. Everything that I am praying about right now, I have supernatural peace about. So as we get ready for this Seahawks season, I've got peace. In Gino, we trust. Let Gino cook. But I'm not worried about my kids. Eh, maybe one of them. But I'm not worried about my kids because I, 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 I pray for them. I'm not worried about our nation. We have a lot of things going on in our nation, but I'm covering our nation in prayer. Everything that you pray about, the exchange, watch what God says. God says, give me your worst and I'll give you my best. So if you have anxiety about things, that's fine. That God is not intimidated by your stress, by your burnout, by your anxiety. God says, 
Give me the worst parts of you. I'll give you the best parts of me. We got to learn how to pray. We got to learn how to go to God. I think that you think prayer is harder than it is. Prayer in its simplest form is simply talking to God. I always say to people that are new to prayer, if you don't know how to pray, start a contact in your phone, name it God or Jesus, and start texting God. Because you know how to text. Prayer is just communication. And God will teach you. Isn't it amazing? Out of everything Jesus did on this earth, he walked on water. He, he turned water into wine. Lord, I wish I had that gift. Anyways, um, hell no. But um, he healed blind people and deaf people and mute people and dead people. But the only thing that the disciples looked at and marveled and said, show us how to do that, is prayer. We want, we want to learn how to do that talking to God thing. Show us. If God can teach the disciples how to pray, God can teach you how to pray. Philippians 4, read together. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. That is a word for all the single people in the church right there. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace, the peace of God, will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. What the Bible is teaching us is that you could be in a hospital room going through hell on earth and still have peace while you're facing tribulation. You could go through divorce and still have peace even while your heart is in your socks. You can go through the worst bankruptcy and still have peace if you turn to God, don't turn to self. I think that you need to turn to eternal solutions, not temporary solutions. Instead of turning to pills, bottles, and people, I think we should turn to God. We should turn to the one that can do something about your problem. Prayer changes things, mainly me. Prayer changes things, mainly me. Have you ever noticed when you pray about things, you're worried, you're stressed, you're burdened, you're bogged down, you're feeling these things, you pray about them, God gives you peace. You go back home, same kids, same bank account, same job, but you've got peace because prayer changes things, mainly me. I believe about your life, you're too busy not to pray. You've got too much pending, too much going on, too, much, too many things that are currently happening in your life for you to not pray. D.L. Moody used to say, when I stopped praying, coincidences stopped happening. When you pray, all of a sudden you're like, I was just praying about that. I was just praying. You know, we're just praying for them. I was just praying about that situation. I was just praying for them, and they text me. I was just praying for them, and I ran into them. When you stop praying, coincidences stop happening. I want to encourage you today to start talking to God, turning to God, giving God your problems, giving God your issues. Don't turn to the temporary. Turn to the eternal and watch God move in your life. Sometimes we need to be reminded that God is one call away. And when you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. You shall be rescued. I want to teach a message today. Write down the title. It's called The Cycle of Prayer. 
It's one of the chapters in this book. The cycle of prayer. And the cycle of prayer is ask, watch, wait, repeat. I'm going to show you how prayer works today. It's in a, it works in a cycle. You ask, and then you watch, and then you wait, and then you repeat. By the way, shout out to all the praying moms. If you're a praying mom, can we, can we clap and give it up for all the praying moms? I am only here because I had a mom that prayed. By the way, when I think about prayer, I think about the MC Hammer song. We need to pray just to make it today. That's why we pray. 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 Yeah, I appreciate that. Someone was, someone was hitting that high note for me. We need to pray just to make it today. I grew up with a praying mom. My mom is a short little, uh, she's, she's a Mexican lady. Uh, she immigrated to the United States when she was in middle school. And so she speaks Spanish. And, and I grew up with a mom that packed my lunch. Every day I went to school with a brown paper sack lunch. And I knew that my mom loved me growing up because my mom always cut my sandwich in half. If your mom didn't, I'm not trying to say she didn't love you. I'm just saying my mom did, okay? <laughs> my mom would put the sandwich and the drink and the, the apple and the granola bar. And every day my mom would write a prayer in my lunch. My mom would start the, the note with, mijo, every day, mijo, I love you. And then she'd write a prayer over my life every single day, praying. And when I was rebellious as a teenager, my mom was praying. When I wasn't really like worshiping God, my mom was praying. I grew up with praying parents. My dad told me my parents got pregnant with me when, I was, when they were 21 years of age. And I was a surprise. In other words, a whoopsies. And so my dad said when he found out that they were pregnant, he went on a walk and he told the Lord, okay, fine. If we're pregnant, then I'm going to make a deal with you. My son, I'm believing right now, you're going to use him to do this, that, the other. Everything I'm doing right now, my father prayed. Come on, parents, let's pray for our children. Let's pray for our, even the prodigal father when his son went away. I believe he was praying for his son. The cycle of prayer is ask, watch, wait. This is the hard part. Wait, and then you just repeat. Look here in Second, First uh, Kings, chapter eighteen. I'm going to read a story to you. I'll show you the cycle. And Elijah said to Ahab, Elijah said to Ahab, "Go eat and drink, for there is the sound of heavy rain." Let me just paint this context real fast. This is in the Old Testament, and this is the prophet Elijah. Elijah was a person like us. He was like from Portland or Salt Lake or Jackson Hole or or a Bozeman. He's just a regular dude. Elijah was a man like us, and he asked God for no rain, and it didn't rain. So he asked God for no rain because the people of God had turned away from God. And so he said, God, no rain. So it didn't rain for years. And after this drought, he's kind of feeling like the people of Fresh Life have learned their lesson. We need the rain to come back. And so Ahab and Jezebel are like the villains in this story. Ahab and Jezebel are like the bad people in this story. And so Elijah says to the bad guy, Ahab, go eat and drink, for there is the sound of heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed up to the top of Carmel. 
he bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. There is nothing there, he said. Seven times, Elijah said, go back, go back, go back, go back. The seventh time, the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. The first thing that I love is Elijah told Ahab, you better go eat and drink, for I hear the sound of heavy rain. Now, this wasn't happening in the physical. This was happening in the spiritual. Parents, I want to encourage you, before you could ever see it, you got to see it in your spirit realm. you got to see it in your spirit man. That's why there's things going on in your home. You might not know everything, but you can sense something. You might not know exactly what's in front of you, but you sense God is calling you to give an offering. He's calling you to stop that business. He's calling you to write that book. I hear the sound of heavy rain. It's like that old commercial, can you hear me now? God, God, God is speaking today. You never have to ask God to speak. You only need to ask him for strength to hear his voice. Elijah said, I know we don't see the rain yet, but I'm not operating just in the physical. I'm, I'm right now, I'm operating in the spiritual. To be a person of prayer is to, is to tap into the spiritual part of who you are. He said, I hear the sound of a heavy rain. Go eat and drink, Ahab. Go eat and drink. I want to encourage you that God is talking to you. And he is bringing to you things that you need to know about. Things that you need to hear about. Things that are pending in your life. It's not the sound of pizza that you ate last night. It's the Spirit of God saying, pray for this person. Pray for your spouse. Pray for the city right now. I hear the sound of heavy rain. He says, go eat and drink. And then Elijah climbs up to the top of Mount Carmel, and he puts his, his, his head between his legs, and he begins to pray. What I love about prayer is God is not concerned with your physical posture. He is only concerned with your heart posture. God does not care if you pray standing up or sitting down. He doesn't care if you pray in your journal or your, your cell phone texting him. He doesn't care if you're loud or you're quiet. You can pray in your mind. You can pray in your imagination. All that matters to God is that you do pray. Mount Carmel, he gets up and he's, he's doing like the downward dog for Jesus. Come on, everybody. He's like, this is a yoga pose. I, I'm not flexible. I can't do this stuff. He's, what is he trying to say? He's trying to say, God, I'm, I'm, I really care right now. God, I, I'm, I'm desperate right now. God, I want my physical posture to represent my faith posture, and that's that, Lord, I need you to move. I think it's okay that sometimes we beg God for our kids. We beg God for fresh life. We beg God to move in America. Elijah's saying, I'm not playing any church games. I'm not just going through rote or ritual or religion. I need you, God. He, he, he's like, I think, I think this will, this will, this will send a, a, the, the bat signal to God. Let's do the downward dog. He, he's, he's, he's praying. I feel like the hunchback of Notre Dame right now, by the way. I'm just like, how unflexible are you, bro? So, so he's, he's got his, 
You ever notice that in church? You ever look around every once in a while in church and the, the real spiritual people, they, they look spiritual at least because they, they worship like this? And you ever, you ever look over at some guy that's just like this? You're like, I don't know if they love God. <laughs> Elijah is saying, God, I'm serious right now. So, so, so he, 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 he puts his, his, his prayer posture. It's not, it's not the physical. It's a heart thing. And, and, and so he tells the servant, let's just, he's a fresh life intern, this poor kid. He just, he just, he just moved here from Missoula. He's fresh out. And so he, Pastor Levi here, he says, he says to the little intern, go, go, go see if it's raining. I heard the sound. Go, go check and see. And this little 19-year-old, he said, he'll do anything for pastor. Yeah, of course. Yes, sir. So he, he runs over the cliff. He's looking. He, he's, he's like, he's trying, he's trying to find something. He comes back. Elijah's like, Elijah, he's in it. He's in the sauce. You know, so he, he's, have you ever tried to interrupt somebody that's praying? This sweet little intern, he's like, oh. Hey, yo, Pastor, Pastor Levi. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's nothing. <laughs> I think, I think, I appreciate you laughing at that. I appreciate that. I, I think, I think the problem for most of us is that we prayed and we didn't get what we wanted, so we stopped praying. I think the reason why you quit believing and praying is because you you went and there was nothing. And I think to, to become a person of prayer is to have a going problem. Because Elijah didn't even flinch. I don't even think he looked up at the intern. He said, go again. This little sweet, yeah, uh, yeah, of course, yes, sir, yes. He goes again. He's trying to find something. There, 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 there's, there's nothing. Seven times he sends him. Seven times. See, I think what the Bible said is true. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. We got to keep going and keep asking and keep. Come on, just because they turn away from God doesn't mean it's over. They're a prodigal that's going to come home. The Bible says we don't go by what we see. We don't go by what we feel. The just shall live by faith. Elijah said, go again, go again. I know what God spoke to me. I know what God, uh, you, sometimes you got to stand on the word of God. The grass may wither and the flower may fade, but the word of the Lord will last forever. Elijah said, no, 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 go again. I know what God told me. I know what I heard in my spirit. I heard the sound of a heavy rain. Go again, go again, go again. You got to develop a going problem. Ask, watch, wait, repeat. Ask, watch, wait, repeat. He said, go again. Seven times he tells the boy, go again, go again. The seventh time, this sweet little intern goes off to the cliff. He looks out and he's like, We'll all be golly. <laughs> Passer! Pass, it ain't much. <laughs> Yo, it's not, the, it's not like a flood. I seen something, Pastor. I seen a cloud the size of a man's hand. I want to tell you, everything in God's kingdom starts small.
That's why the Bible says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Oh, fresh life, it's awesome. We're in all kinds of states. We got all kinds of locations. But do you know how this thing started? Started from the bottom, now we're here. I like this lady right here. She's good. I don't know if all the locations have someone like her, but she, she's worth 10 people right there. He says, I see the cloud the size of a man's hand. Everything that God uses always starts small. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. You just be faithful to believe. You be faithful to sow. You be faithful to plant. I'll never forget when I was in high school, I was really moved. I was 16 years old, and God got a hold of my life at an event called Promise Keepers. And I was with 65,000 other men worshiping Jesus in the kingdom in Seattle, Washington. And I grew up in church my whole life, but I had an encounter with the living God that day that I have never turned back from. And I went back home, and I thought to myself, I got all that matters to me is serving you, following you. My life is yours from here on out. And I wanted to see revival on my high school campus. And so the first day of school, my senior year, I started a prayer meeting during lunch. And we had 30 minutes to eat, so I thought we're going to eat for 15 minutes and then we're going to pray for 15 minutes. So the first day of school, I grabbed a friend and another buddy, and I said, come on, let's go to this class, public school, a couple thousand kids, found a classroom, come on, we're going to pray for our teachers, we're going to pray for our principal, we're going to pray for our classmates. First day of school, we ate for 15 minutes, we go into this room and we pray for 15 minutes. By the end of that week, there's about five of us praying together every day for our school. A month goes by, there's like 15, 20 of us. Two months goes by, there's like 30, 40 of us. A few months in, we have to move out of a classroom because there's so many kids meeting. we got to move to the music area. Pretty soon it goes to 50 kids, 60 kids. In the springtime, 70 kids. In the springtime, we got to 100 kids. I would stand in a public school in the middle of the lunchroom. I would stand up and say, it's time to go. Half the lunchroom would walk to the gymnasium. We saw kids get free from alcoholism, anorexia. We saw people called into the ministry in the public school in the middle of lunch. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. said, I, I, I see something. It's like a piano man's hand. It's not like Shaq. It's small hand. It's rising. Not that big, man. See, see, what we want is we, we want everything to happen now. The Bible says that a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day to the Lord. You know what my privilege is? To pray. You know what God's privilege is? To move. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. Everything great in God's kingdom starts small. So this little intern runs back to pastor. He says, it's not much, man. It's not what you were telling Ahab about. Whatever you heard, I don't know if it's coming out of that. But I saw something. 
Look back what Elijah says. He says, you go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. You know, Elijah's saying, I know God. I know how God works. You better tell Ahab to get out of here because that might be the size of a man's hand, but when God is on the move, it's an unstoppable force. And you better tell him to go home because I heard it before I saw it, but now God's about to break out. I want to encourage you to always turn to God when you are desperate. Do not turn to the temporary, but turn to the eternal. We turn to the God that can do something about your problems. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. If you have financial problems, go to the God that has the whole world in his hands. If you need healing in your life, go to the God that says, I, the Lord your God, I am a healer. And by his stripes, we are healed. If you need, if you need restoration in relationship, we serve the God that specializes in reconciling broken things. Whatever you need, God is. And so we don't tap into self. Then we don't tap into culture. We tap into faith. It says, go, go and tell, go and tell that Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. In other words, we've been asking and we've been watching and we've been waiting and now God is on the move. I cannot control how or when God moves. I can only control my ability to believe in God. So I'm going to give you three things to write down today. Write down number one. It's okay to keep praying. It's okay to keep praying. Matthew 7, verse 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be open. It's okay to keep praying. I don't know who discouraged you from praying, but I want to come back as a reinforcement and say, it's okay to keep praying. You don't have to stop. You don't have to throw in the towel. Maybe that dream was dashed. Maybe that season was, was a slump season. Maybe you've gone through hardship. I want to just give you a pass. It's okay to keep believing. It's okay to keep asking God. It's okay to keep asking and when you go to God and you turn to God, God can do more with what you offer him than you could ever do in your own natural ability. That's why God takes a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread and could perform a miracle. Stop looking and complaining about what you have right now. Thank God for it. Before Jesus performed the miracle, he broke the bread, he broke the fish, he thanked God for it, and he multiplied it. I can only offer to God my faith. I can only offer God my brokenness. I offer to God all that I am. And God can breathe on it and perform something better than any one of us can in our natural ability. Amen to that? I, I, all of this book really started for me. I wrote this book after a trip to Colombia. And I had been invited to go preach at this church in Bogota, Colombia. And people had been telling me about this amazing Wednesday night service at this church in Colombia. And so it's a 5 p.m. and a 7 p.m. service. And they said, it's like nothing you've ever seen. You've got to come see it. And it's just an unbelievable experience. So I flew down there to go preach at this church. And the 5 o'clock service, I walked in, and the place was jammed. 4,000 seats. Jammed. And it was just the, the faith and the atmosphere and the presence. It was moved. And the pastor after the 5 said, that's not the coolest part about what you just experienced. He said, there are three other overflow rooms that were packed as well. 
one of 700 and two other of 800 on property. He said, I want to show them to you in between the five and the seven. So we walked in the first one, 700 seats, live worship, and then I was on the screen there. And then we walked in the next one, 800 seats, and the next one, 800 seats. And he said, come over here to the window. And we walked over to the window, and he said, look down, look, look, look down the road. And as far as my eye could see, they looked like ants. There was a line down the street of people waiting to get into the 7 p.m. And I looked at the pastor, and I said, sir, what are you doing here in Colombia that we're not doing in America? He said, well, I'm not the brightest, I'm not the smartest, but this is what I think's going on. He said, every Tuesday and Thursday morning at 6 a.m., this auditorium will be just as full of people coming to pray for one hour before they go to work. And we will pray with this many people at 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., Tuesdays and Thursdays, and I think that is why God is moving in such a way. And I started to think of that verse, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked way, God said, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. Church, hear me today. We need healing in America. We need healing in Montana. We need healing in, in Oregon. We need healing in Wyoming. We need healing like never before. Our marriages need healing. Our children need healing. And God said, if you'll pray, I'll move. A lot of times we're waiting for God to move, but God's waiting on you to move. And God said, if you'll pray, if you'll ask, if you'll watch, if you'll wait, I'll do something that is immeasurably more than you can ever do in your own power, in your own strength, and in your own ability. Because prayer is saying, I can't write the check. Prayer is saying, I can't heal that body. Praying is saying, I can't restore that relationship. But you can, God. Prayer is saying, I trust not in me, but my trust is in your name. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And when you pray, God is not a God. Could you imagine how cruel a parent would be if they only heard the cry of their children and didn't move? We just put in a bunk bed for our uh, five-year-old and our seven-year-old, and they're like, you know, just a couple weeks into it. And the other night we were asleep, and we heard the, the dreaded thud. And... Only one of them sleeps up top, so immediately I knew who it was. But the cry was like, you know, when you're a parent, you know your kids cry. And I was like, no, the thud should be coming from so-and-so, but the thud, the cry is coming from a different person. So we run in, and sure enough, the, the one whose cry I recognize, that's who was the one that fell. Your father in heaven doesn't just hear you, he acts. He doesn't stay in his bed going, I hear you crying, but I'm not going to move. It's okay to keep praying because as you cry out to your father, your God is going to come help. He is going to come aid. He is going to love. He is going to move. He is going to free. One of the things that I love about prayer is that God loves to show up and he loves to show off. He doesn't just show up and go, I'm here. Isn't that awesome? When God shows up, he shows up in all of his power, all of his splendor, all of his promises are available to those that will turn to God in prayer. Amen to that? Write down number two, lift up your request. 
Lift up your request. Psalm 141, I call to you, Lord. Come quickly to me. Hear me when I call to you. May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Lift up your requests. Now, there's a thing in culture that people say, you know, when the, when the praises go up, the blessings come down. And I'm not really drawn to that language. I like to say it, but there's a better way to say it, I think. When the prayers go up, his presence comes down. Because I don't think that we pray to look for blessing. I think we pray to look for God. Because we don't treat God like a genie in the bottle. That's why some people pray and they're like, man, I asked God for this, that, and the other, and he didn't, you know, fulfill my wish list, and because he didn't, I stopped praying. No, 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 no. That's not why we pray. The point of prayer is to be in the presence of God, not get what you want. Sometimes we think prayer is about our wish list. Prayer is about me getting on God's agenda, not God getting on my agenda. So when I pray, I don't pray. That's why Jesus said, when you pray, this is good language. Pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What's he saying? Before you ask God for anything, thank God for everything. Hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. What am I saying? It's not about what I want. It's about what you want. It's not about my plan. It's about your plan. Give me my bread, my daily bread. You know, if you develop a prayer life, what you're going to become is very dependent upon God, not dependent upon you. So I depend upon God. I, do, I look to God. Give me my bread, my daily bread. Notice, by the way, how the Bible says that it is not gluten-free bread. Gluten is from God. I think we should enjoy it. Somebody say amen to that. All these L.A. gluten-freeers, that's why they need Jesus. Felt the Holy Spirit when I say it. Give me my bread. What is the Bible teaching us when I pray? I'm not forcing him to do what I want him to do. I'm dependent. Lord, help me, lead me, guide me, heal me, free me, comfort me. Lord, will you forgive me of my sins? The more you are aware of your sins, the easier it is to forgive others of theirs. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. That needs some grace. So as you pour forgiveness over me, let it flow out of my life. And Lord, you know better than anybody that I have a propensity to fall into temptation. Help me not to today. Don't, don't, don't lead me. Don't let me be led into that stuff. Deliver me. For yours is the kingdom and the glory and the power. When you learn how to pray like that, you know what happens? All of a sudden, has this ever happened to you? You start praying to God and thanking God and worshiping God. And as you start to really remind yourself who God is, you go to lift up your request and you're like, I'm good. You're so big and so awesome. The Bible says before you ask God for anything, he already knows what you need. 
There's never been a time you come to prayer where God's like, oh, you got, you're like, God, you got to hear about this one. Oh, I don't know if you heard. I don't know if you saw. I don't know. No, no, God was there. God knows. He sees. And he cares. When I lift up my request, I'm just really lifting up my burden. It's saying I'm not equipped to handle this pressure. I'm not equipped to handle this stress. I'm not equipped to handle this burden. But you are, God. I lift up my request. And when you do that, it's not that blessing comes down. His presence comes down. And he shows up in power and might. Write down the last one today. Number three, don't quit until you get a no. Fresh life, this is what I want to end with today. And I commission you, beseech you. I, I'm, I'm begging you, keep praying until God says no. Keep going to God until you get a no. And when God gives you a no, stop praying. Because every once in a while, you're going to pray, and you're going to go to God, and you're going to ask God, and God's going to go, no, uh-uh. I'm not answering that one. Nope. That we're not, we're not going to answer that one. Sometimes God will give you a no, and when God gives you a no, it's like what I tell my kids. If you can't accept a no, you're never going to get a yes. Sometimes we've got to just understand that there are things that God is saying no to that we shouldn't be asking, watching, and waiting, and repeating about. It's only the things that God has called us to pray about that we pray about. But other things, God's like, well, and, and let me just show you. Jesus, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, was begging God, don't make me do this. Don't make me do this. I don't want to go do this. And God's like, no. You're going to go to the cross. And that's why Jesus stopped praying that and finally surrendered and said, nevertheless, not my will, but your, you've got to accept God's no when he gives it to you. Watch this, last verse of the day. Look in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud three different different times I begged the Lord to take it away each time he said my grace is all you need my power works best in weakness three times I begged the Lord God please please no please stop and God's like no I'm not taking it away my power works best in weakness could it be that your prayer life is keeping you dependent on daily bread could it be that your prayer life is not getting you everything that you want, but rather it's giving you everything that you need? You don't need God to answer all your prayers. You need God. Prayer is just a vehicle to get you from where you are to where you need to be. We don't worship prayer. We worship God. We don't glorify prayer. We glorify God. Prayer is like Uber. Let me just see your hand. All campuses, have you ever gotten an Uber? Let me just see. Have you ever been at least an Uber? Uber just takes you from where you are to where you need to be. I don't ever worship Uber like, wow, you're so great. Thank you so much. It's just a, it's, prayer is a vehicle. I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed. I'm burdened. I'm bogged down. I pray. It gets me into the presence of God. Now I got peace. Now I got power. Now I got purpose. Now I got clarity. Now I got perspective. Now I got premise. 
We're not here to make much of prayer. We are here to make much of God. We don't worship a vehicle. It's just a car. But I'm telling you, when you get in this car, it will change your life. It will get you into destiny. It will get you into passion. It will get you into freedom because everything you need is found in the presence of God. And so when you start praying, it's not about getting what you want. It's about getting Jesus. And when you get Jesus, he shows up with power and with strength to show you his love and his mercy. Amen to that. So, Father, we thank you today that every person here will activate a prayer life. For those who've been dormant, for those who haven't talked to you, I pray they'll start a contact in their phone named Jesus. For those of us that used to pray, I pray prayer walks will start to happen. I pray prayer runs will start to happen. I pray, God, that there will be prayer journals. People will start to write down their prayers. I pray prayer meetings. We pray over the youth of this church. Let prayer awaken in the campuses. Let prayer awaken in the lunch. God. We pray for a praying nation. We pray for a praying church. I pray praying couples. But we are not going to go by what we see. We are going to stand on the word of God and believe you for great things, God. We thank you that you're an awesome, loving God. We trust in you in Jesus' name. If you're here today, say, Lord, I haven't been praying and talking to you the way that you want me to. I know that this is an area of my life I want to develop. I don't want to be so stressed and so worried and so anxious. I want to be filled with peace, filled with passion, filled with purpose. So, Lord, teach me like you did the disciples. Show me how to pray. If that's your prayer today, lift up your hand right now. Just tell the Lord, Lord, will you teach me? So, Lord, we pray that. Show us how to pray. Teach us how to be close to you. We don't want to have a distant relationship with you, God. You said that those that draw near to you, you will draw near to them. Meet us, God, as we follow you and serve you. Every head bowed, every eye closed if you're here and you've never said yes to Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to the greatest news the world has ever heard, the gospel. If you want to receive the love of Jesus, if you want to receive forgiveness, we're going to say a prayer in just a moment. The prayer is so simple. We call it the sinner's prayer because all of us are sinners. And so we pray a prayer of confession because the Bible says those that confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus is Lord, they're saved. So we want to pray with you today. Everybody's going to pray. But if you're making that choice today, for the first time, when I count to three, lift up your hand, respond. Say, yep, I'm giving my life over to God. I'm done running. I'm done hiding. I have found the greatest love that my soul has ever known, the love of Jesus. If that's you on the count of three, shoot up your hand. One, two, three. Come on, lift it up right now. Shoot it up. Yeah, come on. Lift it up. Come on. Amazing. Amazing. Come on, Fresh Life. Let's all say this together. Say, Father God, I pray out loud. I thank you for dying on the cross, forgiving my sins, a brand new start. I ask you today, overwhelm me with your love. It's your kindness that has led me to repentance. Come on, Fresh Life, let's clap for every person that has said yes to Jesus.